Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to everyone's favorite show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty. This is Nip Talk. We got a good show for you today. First off, Amanda Bynes, eyelid plastic surgery. We're going to talk about that. Next, a new study came out that showed how much Americans' health worsened after the pandemic. But in our last segment, Sarah's going to tell us what's better for losing weight, incline walking or running. All that's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Please hit that like and subscribe button. It really does help us. And please leave us a comment. We want to hear from you. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. And with me as always is the wonderful Sarah in a very fetching outfit, I must say. I do okay. like it. It looks very good. Yeah, we were talking about our my print. Yeah, houndstooth. houndstooth. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's really good. Travis in the box, you got a houndstooth jacket on in there? Um, I do not. I no, have okay. um, some regular like 90 stripes, I oh, guess you I do like 90 stripes though. It looks sharp, <laughs> That's man. That's about it. Yeah, very and good. And my helper in the back. <laughs> I see you got a helper back there, the intern today. Yeah, taking the TikToks. All right, nice. Well, everybody having a good week? Anything exciting happen? Um, I'm taking Avery to, to two things this weekend. Oh, tell me. So today I'm gonna take her to the Harry Potter experience in Little oh. Elm. Is she a big Harry Potter fan? I don't know, but I am. Oh. So, <laughs> so you're gonna go do she's something. Watched, she's watched. She's watched like the first two movies, which yeah. are m the most appropriate for her age. Right. Yeah. Because after that, it yeah, starts it getting dark. like yeah. it. It gets dark, and it's just they're long. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she liked the first video, the first video, the first movie okay. for sure. Oh, then she'll so it. yeah, she That'll likes all that hey, stuff. That's around here somewhere. It's in Little Elm. Oh, so Little Elm. around nice. Louisville. Cool. And then, um, yeah, and then on Saturday, I'm taking her and my mom to go see the Nutcracker in Dallas. Oh, fun. That'll be cool. Yeah. Awesome. I, oh, you got a big weekend. I love going to see the Nutcracker. I was in the Nutcracker when I was in college. Oh, were you in? I was an acrobat. <laughs> were you? Yeah, wow. I dressed up like a Russian man. Oh my I had gosh. a beard and a hat, I and I would just sit. I, would literally, I was literally the whole time doing back handsprings and straddle jumps for like two minutes. It like... <laughs> I I was I don't know how I did it. I was in such better shape. Wow. Thinking yeah. about doing that now, I'd vomit. You had the strongest <laughs> arms in like fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. The strongest fourth grader out there. I was not in fourth grade. I was in college. Oh, never mind. This oh. was like school, school. And I got paid. You got oh, paid what? to do it? A mm -hmm. hundred dollars a show. It was a professional like. Wow. They flew in. You're like a professional they thespian. I know. They flew in Russian ballerinas and everything. Jeez, wow. I'm serious. In college, $100 go a long way. Yeah. yeah sure I was does. like, I am buying so You're much like, stuff. I'm rich. <laughs> I know. It's on me. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to get a full report on those. Things. Yeah. That sounds like it's going to be fun. Pretty big weekend. Yeah. I, so, you know, you? I did the marathon thing last weekend. Yeah, you did. I saw it. It did good. Like, I was really happy. I was a little nervous because I had to run like an eight mile segment. Yeah. Uh, and I'd only been training at four miles. Um, I was hoping to get like nine minutes per mile because I've been running like eight minutes per mile roughly at with four miles. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, if I double that, maybe if I slow down to nine. But I actually ran 827 per mile. Oh, at what lap? 
or what mile were you like, oh my gosh, I got to so slow, slow down? I was actually running closer to eight minutes per mile up until the seventh mile. Okay. And then I, two things happened. One, like my body's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is not how far we run. And then two, I, we hit this big hill. And so the last mile killed me. Um, but I'd done so good in the first seven that my time still was pretty good. Like, I mean, I, I was kind of hoping I might get below 830. And so I got 827, which is below it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, nice. I would have been solid 10 to 11 minute mile if yeah, I was running. Yeah, no, my team did like right at 10 minutes per mile. Like yeah. all of them were kind of right about the same. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, I, was, I was really happy with that. I, you know, it's fun. I haven't done, I used to do a lot of races like that, like 5K, 10Ks, half marathons. And you know, you just kind of get out of it, you get busy and stuff. And um, I think I'm going to get back into it because I, I really enjoyed like, you know, the competitiveness, you know, because I mean, you're running against a million people, but like, you know, trying to get ahead of the next person and not let somebody, I, I just kind of enjoy that being yeah. a runner. So I think Denton has a lot of little running yeah, things. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to sign up for something in the spring because that'll keep me going. A you goal, know. yeah. Yeah, if I have something I'm, you know, trying to train for, I'm pretty consistent about getting out there. So yeah. where was the, where was the, the course? Like, so it started right in downtown, like in Main Street, Dallas, and then it went out to right, White Rock Lake and around mm -hmm. the lake and came back. And okay. so I had my run, I, I started at White Rock Lake and then ran all the way back to downtown. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a good distance, too. Yeah, it was a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, it was fun. And like, you know, it's kind of cool because they have like DJs like every half mile, like spinning tracks. And there's people, I don't know where these people come from. There's people, out, I guess their family members are or running or something my wife is like you know i'm not coming out there right i'm like no i don't expect you to oh. to come out and like we cheer at the finish line or anything but no it was good i was really really happy and uh but i was like sore all week because you know i ran much harder than i normally do yeah i would have been super sore yeah like i just like even today like when i was like bending out to get some i was like oh yep still still a bit sore i haven't run <laughs> since then but i'm gonna get back into it this weekend but so anyway, yeah, that was cool. Like, so I was Well, the happy. last segment, I'll have some tips for you. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. You know, now <laughs> I'm kind of back into the running thing. So, all right, well, let's jump into some segments. Uh, I know you've, you've already heard about this story. Yeah. So Amanda Bynes was Poor on girl. social media this week talking about having plastic surgery. And she uh, was actually talking about having a blepharoplasty, which is, which is eyelid surgery. And so she, she did a little video, which, you know, I, I thought we'd play it because... I'm always interested to hear, you know, what people think about plastic she, surgery. The video is kind of funny to watch because she sounds so like monotoned and she does, right? Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. So, and like, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, silly. It's a little, it's a little off. But anyway, <laughs> all right, Travis, roll that video, will you? So I saw a couple of stories online that say I have a new look, and I was never open about this before, but I actually had blepharoplasty surgery on the skin folds in the corners of my eyes. So I don't have those skin folds anymore. Um, it was one of the best things I could have ever done for my self-confidence and it made me feel a lot better in my skin. So I just wanted to post about that just to clear up that rumor um, as to why I have a new look. Um, I feel a lot better now about myself and I'm so glad I had the blepharoplasty surgery. It was one of the greatest things I could have ever done. Alrighty, so, so a little bit to unpack there. Those eyebrows are really blue. That <laughs> kind of was distracting me a little bit. But no, uh, she, she seems like... She is a distracting gal. Yeah, she seems like she's really, really happy with her surgery, which is great. It was yeah. a great experience for her. And I mean, I'll kind of go into her results in a minute. But yeah, so uh, when I saw this story hit, I was like, wait, I think she's really young. And so she's 37. Yeah, she's my age or around my age. Like, 
I remember watching her grow up as I was yeah, growing up. Yeah, she was a child actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I thought is, wow, she's really young to get a blepharoplasty. Um, and, and then I thought, well, did she even really need it? Because, I mean... It's just when you're... It just makes her eyelids look like more space, I guess. Like, opens so her eyes So it was up. actually her bottom ones. So, oh. so I actually went back, like, through the last decade and got some pictures of her for before. Because I wanted to see... You know, because that's obviously after. I wanted to see the before and did she really need it. So, Travis, throw up that next picture, will you? So, you get, this is all her, obviously, in different uh, times throughout the last decade. And um, you can see that her lower eyelids do have quite a bit of wrinkling um, in, in almost every single picture, which for someone in her age bracket, which in, in these pictures, she's anywhere from like late 20s to early, early 30s. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty unusual to have that much redundancy of lower eyelid skin. I mean, it, it kind of it, it almost stands out a little bit. I I, I saw the pixel. I was like, oh wow, she really she really does have that. And so I want to compare that to her her after picture. Uh, Trovis, uh, throw up that next one. So you see here in this picture. I mean, she looks a lot different with the hair and the face tattoo and all that, but. But her eyelids look really, really nice. Like they're nice and smooth. There's no redundancy of the of the skin, and so you know she. The bottom, right? The bottoms, correct? Yes. Yeah, the bottom. We were looking at the bottoms. Uh, did you see the bottoms before? Yeah. How they had like those lines, or it almost uh -huh. make makes you look tired. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she really she really did have a notable amount of lower eyelid skin, and she got a, a very very nice result from it. And then I, know, I started wondering. I know two guys that have gotten that done. You do know some people? Yeah. Two, and men. I think yeah. men get it a lot, right? They can, yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. for sure. Not all the time, but they, they do. Um, so I, I started wondering, you know, for her to have that, because most of the people I do blepharoplasties on are at least like 50, uh -huh. you know, and she's, you know, 13 years younger than that. So I wanted, I, I actually found a picture of her and her parents. So th throw that next picture up, Travis. So you can see in the picture, like both her parents do have redundancy in their eyelids. And that's why she has it so young. Mm -hmm. You know, both of her parents have notable amounts of what we call blepharoptosis, which is the, you know, basically the doctor word for redundancy of eyelid skin. And so, you know, that's how she came to have it at, at such a, a young age. So I don't think we've ever talked about eyelid surgery that, that much, have we? I, I think we've talked about it before. We have done a whole segment on it? No. I don't think so. I, was I think we've just talked about just it. Just like glossed over it. So, yeah. so I wanted to spend the, the rest of the segment just, just kind of going over blepharoplasty, uh, which is, once again, the word for a eyelid lift. And it is a surgery I, I do. Um, I don't like go out there and like push to get blepharoplasties. I mostly do breast and body stuff. But, you know, eyelid surgery is not overly complicated in most cases, so I'm happy to still do them. Um, it can be done on the lower or the upper eyelids. In fact, I do much more upper eyelids than I do lowers. Yeah, um, for people who have like hooded eyes. Yes, Mine exactly. are kind of hooded. Like mine, I feel, I don't know. I mean, there, it's not. There's, a, there's more people, there's other people yeah. with like more. Right, and it but, can get yeah. so redundant that that eyelid skin can start to bunch up and then hang over your eyelashes. Mm -hmm. And it actually can start to decrease your, your vision. Yeah, because you're like just not opening your eyes as wide, probably. Just like well, it pushes your eyelids down a little bit. Yeah. And also the eyelid, the extra skin actually will come over the eyelash and start to block your peripheral vision so that your, your peripheral vision, which should be you know, like pretty tunnel. wide, <laughs> it starts to tunnel like both from the sides and the top. And so, yeah, I mean, in, in fact, when I, when I first started practice, we were doing a fair number of blepharoplasties under insurance mm -hmm. because insurance would sometimes pay 
to remove that extra skin because it was it was affecting people's vision. But of course, like like everything, it got abused, and so you know there were plastic surgeons out there doing cosmetic blepharoplasties to make people look you know yeah. more youthful under insurance. Insurance caught wind of it, and suddenly it got really really hard to get these covered to the point that it, it's almost you know not feasible to get them covered by insurance anymore, which kind of kind of sucks. So they are a fairly quick procedure. It takes me about 30 minutes per eye to, to do these. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I said, you can do these for both functional or cosmetic reasons, or both. You know, for cosmetics, it's done like, like Amanda Bynes did to make them look more youthful. How, how does she not have like visible like scars and stuff like how does that happen? yeah that's a great that's a great question so that's like on your when face. <laughs> you do these uh surgeries like if you're doing them on the bottom the incision is literally like one millimeter away from your lash line so it just blends right in with the kind of edge of your eyelid crazy yeah and then if you do them on top you put the incision right in the crease the natural crease of your eyelid where it where it folds when you when you blink or mm -hmm. when your eyes are open and so, yeah, blepharoplasty scars across the board should be invisible. I mean, that's cool. that's like the expectation is that these are. Do do people ever get both up the top? Sometimes, yeah, you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do both. Uh, in fact, I, I was supposed to do a double just recently, a month ago, and then the patient ended up getting COVID or something. I had to reschedule. Um, but but yeah, you can absolutely do both. And so so what the surgery does is. Uh, the main thing that the, the surgery is wants to accomplish is it wants to take out the extra skin. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's, the, the skin's either the functional problem in that it, it's blocking their vision or it's making them look tired. And actually, I, I, I have one last picture. Uh, throw that picture up, Travis. This is the pattern that you draw when you're about to take off the excess skin. And that little kind of trapezoidal shape pattern would be the skin that would be removed. And that pattern is created by, by basically measuring the number of millimeters away from certain landmarks. So like the corner of the eye, the lash line, your eyebrow, and then also how much skin you could kind of pinch. And so, yeah, you basically, that's half the work is just drawing the pattern appropriately. And then you, you excise that, that piece of skin. There's a little thin layer of muscle underneath that that goes as well. Um, the other things that the surgery can do is if people have like an excess of fatty tissue that causes their eyelids to be really, really puffy, that's mm -hmm. not skin redundancy, then you can, you can change that. That's oftentimes more on the lower than the upper, but it can be, you know, it can be both or, or a lot of people don't, don't need that. And then lastly, uh, one of the things that an eyelid surgery can do is affect the laxity. So as we get older and, and Amanda didn't have this for sure, but as, as you get older, the lower eyelid starts to kind of hang off the globe of the eyeball, uh -huh. which, which makes the eyes look a little bit more aged. And mm -hmm. so that's the other thing that that you can do. So um, I do these under anesthesia. I mean, it's theoretically possible you could do this under local, but I would never do that. I just don't feel comfortable someone being awake when I have a scalpel and needles around their eye. Like I want them knocked out. I wouldn't feel comfortable. I, I know people have done these under local and it, and you know, this is one of those surgeries where it's easy to get the numbing, but it's just the uncomfortable kind of sensation of someone working around your eye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I really am not into that. As far as the recovery goes, um, it's really not a painful operation because it's just really taking away skin for the most part. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that when you operate on the eyelid, it swells. Mm -hmm. Like the eyelid does not like to be messed with. And so when you operate on it, it like swells up, which is not a huge problem, except that oftentimes then the eyes won't shut properly. And so you'll end up with like little cracks in your eyelid, which then cause your eyes to dry out. So most of the recovery is just putting eye drops in your eyes 
and ointment at night to keep your eyes lubricated so you don't get like a corneal scratch from being too dry and then just waiting for the swelling to go down. Okay. So pretty easy recovery outside of the swelling. The instructions are pretty simple. Like we have people put cool compresses on. We'll have them keep their uh, head up just to keep the swelling down. We'll have them put drops in their eyes. Um, as with the scars, which I was going to talk about, you already kind of outlined that the scars really are not visible. Now, right off the bat, they will be like when you do these, obviously the incision is going to be visible in the first few weeks to like a month yeah. or so. But really, they do fade away very, very quickly and they just blend in with the natural creases of the eye to the point that, you know, you really shouldn't be able to tell if someone's had a blepharoplasty. So you're like ready to go for a close up in like a month or two? Yeah, probably a couple months. Yeah, okay. probably a couple months. Uh, complications. Overall, very, very low with this surgery. I mean, I've done a ton of blepharoplasties over the year. I don't think I've ever had to take anyone back to surgery for any reason. I mean, as long as you can, you know, know how to draw out the pattern um, and, you know, keep out of trouble by not banging into like some of the more critical eye structures that are deeper. I mean, these are pretty straightforward to do. Um, you definitely want to make sure that if you're going to have one of these, that you go to a surgeon that's comfortable doing them. Um, you know, you definitely want either a plastic surgeon or oculoplastics or someone in that type of field because right. if, if you get like down too deep or you don't do a clean dissection, you can get scarring and then the eyelid will scar and then the eyelid won't seat properly. And you can potentially have some bad complications from these, but in the hands of people who are comfortable doing them, they are pretty smooth. Yeah. So I feel like since your eyes are, you know, one of your five yeah. senses you should be pretty you do want to be careful yeah you wouldn't want to like go get this done like in the back alley like in a van like discount no. down by the river no. yeah down by the river so and talking about cost um like i said it's hard to get insurance to cover these anymore it's not impossible but close to it um if you're going to pay out of pocket you're probably looking at four to five thousand um which is you know maybe a little bit less than a lot of plastic surgeries uh because they're just shorter on time and there's like no, no implants or anything. So, yeah. so they're not like, you know, too, too cost prohibitive, but, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I just want to do like a quick, like one minute recap on this. So, so Travis, come on, zoom in here. We're going to get real. So Amanda Bynes, 37 year old actor went on social media this week to talk about her eyelid surgery. She had a blepharoplasty, which is removal of the eyelid skin. Uh, this is a surgery that is pretty simple to do. It's very, very popular. One of the most popular plastic surgeries overall has a pretty easy recovery, low complication rate. Um, she did it because she had kind of a genetic predisposition to excess eyelid skin. She got a great result. She's very happy. The cost of this is about four to $5,000. So that's the recap on Amanda Bynes and her eyelid surgery. So, all right. Very good. That was all over the news. I mean, like, yeah, I, I was, up, I was watching her TikTok. On. Yeah, I was like, is this real? I like clicked on the video and then I clicked on like her little is profile yeah. and I was like, is this real? Like yeah. how old is this? Is this recent? And it was a recent one. Yeah, it was she just like had, she like re, she like made a new TikTok profile or something or deleted oh, all of her new, old oh, videos she or something. Did. You know, I was wondering that because there wasn't like a there. ton of videos on there. Yeah. She's like completely, uh, re like She's branded, rebranded. When did she get the face a hard rebrand a while yeah. ago? That's what I was thinking. I was like, I may not get the the eyelash or the the, the eyelid surgery, but I might get the heart tattoo. Like right. I think up you should the, honestly. I think it'll look kind of dope. Like I set a trend. Dude, I, you right know, up. I mean, I'm all. I, I'm, I'm instead very, of a teardrop, you're gonna get a, <laughs> a teardrop. We increase love on this side. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very like open about tattoos. I mean, I have several tattoos. They're just not visible. Tramp stamp. 
I don't have a tramp stamp. <laughs> Do you have a tramp stamp? I don't. Okay. But they're I saw a TikTok, another TikTok video that those are coming back in style. Dude, I listen, I'm going to I'm going to be real with you guys. Like back in the day, I thought they were super sick. Like I really liked them like back in the 90s when they were they were cool. Well, I, like, I mean, that's that was like the most popular spot for girls to get yeah, them. Yeah, I thought they were really cool. All right. We so, should all get nip top tramp stamps. Oh it's, my it's god. Official. It's official. But I just want to say like that tattoo just doesn't do it for me. Like it, it almost looks like it was like a home tattoo. It does, and it looks really distracting. It does, like, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of face tattoos, except for Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson's face tattoo is dope. Like, that thing looks awesome. Yeah. Because it's Mike Tyson, and also it's kind yeah, of- Yeah, there's very few people that can pull off face yeah. tattoos. Like, I don't really like um, Post Malone's tattoos. Do you know what Post Malone's tattoos say? On his head? On his forehead? The eyelid, ta eyelid tattoo. Uh -uh. Oh, it says, always tired. Mm. Oh. That was a trivia question. I do I love Post Malone, though. Yeah, he's pretty good. So. Okay, moving on. So, uh, also talking about recent new news articles, there okay. was a new, uh, it was kind of a Gallup study uh, that recently came out this past week, and it was talking about how much worse the overall average American's health is since the... Is that an AI picture you generated? It is, a, it is an AI generated picture. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. It's all right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know that ChatGPT can create images now. Yeah, it's I've pretty used great. It. Have you have you been using it? I tried to. Yeah, it's but... it's pretty neat. Yeah, I've been making some fun images. Anyway, so sorry to derail us, but anyway, uh, so Gallup did a study recently that was looking at certain metrics of health, and they they looked at it at 2019, so right before the pandemic, and they looked at it today. What's Gallup? So Gallup's like a big polling service. Oh, okay. Like they do like these massive study polls that like this one, I think it had like 10,000 people in it. It was is like, it a, like science. Is it like scientific or like educational or at like an, a dot org or a dot edu thing? Like Gallup, like they're just a polling service. They, oh. they do polls, they release data. Like for whatever. Yeah, like for whatever. Oh, like okay. they're, they're really popular like them. And then the other big one is, um, oh man, it'll come to me. There's an, there's like a few really, really big like polling services that, that reach out and get data on various topics. Oh, okay. So, so this wasn't like, like a research study, so to speak, like a university. This was like a Gallup, a Gallup study, okay. which still, it gives you good information. Like in most of Gallup stuff is at least reasonable, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not like bad information, but so, so they looked at like 2019 versus today on several okay. different metrics. They were looking at obesity, diabetes, exercise habits and dietary habits. Okay. And they wanted to compare because, you know, you always, I, I guess I had always heard this, maybe tell me if you had that, like we are n not quite as healthy anymore as we were pre-pandemic. Have you, have you heard that? Yeah, just from not being able to like get around, not having yeah, definitely social. Right, definitely multifactorial, um, I think. But, you know, I just had, had heard, you know, in various places that, oh, you know, everyone's health is in the crapper after the pandemic. And so it was interesting to kind of see some data on this. So the first one was obesity, all right? So they looked at the percentage of people who qualified as obese in 2019, which, all right, do you know what the percentage is in the United States? Um, I, hate, I hate putting you on is the spot. It over, is it over half? I'm guessing, no. No, not quite that high. So in 2019, it 30%. was 32.4. Oh. Yeah, it's about a third. A third of the population. 30, yeah. So 32.4. So today, the percentage of people who are re who reach the criteria for obesity is 38.4. So that okay. is a difference of 6%, um, which is a change of almost 20%, meaning 
20% more people are obese today of the obese people. Well, it went up by 20%. Okay. 6% are more obese, but the percentage change is 20. Okay. That's a pretty big number. Like that's a big jump. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was pretty notable. The other thing that also was a metric is diabetes. Now that also goes along with, you know, being overweight or, you know, having a bad diet. So in 2019, the percentage of people that had diabetes was 12.5%. Today it's 13.6. So that's definitely gone up. Um, the age bracket that got hit the worst is kind of all of our age bracket. I'm including myself, even though you guys are younger than me, because it was the 30 to like 60 bracket. Okay. So uh, just to kind of know who's most at risk. And so, um, you know, the, the two factors that often contribute to obesity and diabetes are the other two factors they looked at, which is nutrition, nutrition and, and exercise, exercise, right? So, uh, so with exercise, so I'll start with exercise. I, I would kind of assume that people got out of, out of the, the habit of exercising and that number was gonna be down, but that actually was not, not, not true. It actually remained steady um, with uh, really no change in the amount of people who exercise regularly during the week. So that was good. But what really went down was eating habits. Yeah. I don't know what it was about the pandemic, but we started eating like crap once the pandemic kind of hit. So the percentage of people who reported eating healthy in 2019 was 51.7%. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, and I would consider myself in that. I feel like I eat pretty healthy. So I would say, yeah. I that, think that. I have a reason for why people were eating so unhealthy. What do you think it is? It's because they were so unhappy. I mean, that, that probably has something to do with it for sure. I would agree Because I that. know that sometimes yeah. like whenever I'm like sad or like depressed, I'm like. Right. You're doing comfort foods. Yeah. Like yeah. I mm -hmm. want to eat. Uh, like a pizza and have like a milkshake so like you can get you. like that immediate happiness yeah. and so people are just sitting at home by themselves and they're yep. like I need to be entertained and right. I know the best way to get entertained is to eat some good food but yeah I, I think you're probably I mean I think it's multifactorial but yes you're absolutely yeah. right that people's kind of overall mood so yeah 2019 51.7% reported eating healthy today it's 46% that's a pretty big drop. Um, mm -hmm. The number of people that eat fruits and vegetables in 2019 was right at 50%. Today, it's 42%. Yikes. That's a big, I mean, these are really, really big numbers. Also, they looked at uh, one last thing, which is number of people who had high cholesterol. 2019, 21%. Today, 25%. That's, That's a, four, a big. 4% jump. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to actually see some numbers on this data because like i said i'd always heard that the, the health overall was not not as good since the pandemic i hadn't seen any kind of you know really kind of good information on that but, but these numbers are are a little bit concerning um and so you know what does that mean well i mean we just kind of need to get back into the swing of, of being healthy because you know these these things that are going up like obesity and diabetes i mean they directly affect your lifespan and, and also your quality of life mm -hmm. and those kind of things creep up on you you know um you know it's like the, the during the pandemic i mean this happened to me we weren't we weren't you know going out and doing very much and you know i was eating not as good and like you know i, I noticed i was like yeah. not as fit people yeah and people were are satisfied with like sitting on the couch yeah instead of like you know, getting I, dressed, getting ready, going somewhere. Right. And, like, and if you're not going out, then why, you know, you kind of like let yourself go a little mm -hmm. bit. It's like, oh, well, I'm not going out. Like, I don't need to go work out. You know, yeah. what's the point? Um, I don't need to fit into this outfit anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, I do think that you're like on the mark, though, as far as depression. And stuff. Yeah, depression and just changes in, you know, how people's day to day social life was 
altered by the pandemic. Uh, yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting to see that. that it, I I wonder like when they do this poll again, like how much um, that uh, semiglutide <laughs> is going to affect. Yeah, semiglutide because it's really like popular. so oh, like people are get more unhealthy and obese, <laughs> and then semiglutide is just like up. Thanks, semiglutide, getting us back on Keep, track. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> was this all planned? <laughs> To like right was to, was the pandemic planned a, by the semi-gluten people yeah maybe yeah yeah i don't know uh it'll be interesting to see how long it takes us to kind of get back to that 2019 baseline um you know i liked america when we we're all out there you know trying to look good and be healthy i mean i mean not that i run around judging people but you know just in general you want people to be healthy you do run around though I do run around. <laughs> I don't usually judge people but, but no, no judging yeah, I'm not, there's no judge here but yeah, yeah i do run around uh so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes us to kind of get back to those pre-pandemic levels. Mm -hmm. um, and now we got some data. So I, I don't know. I'm thinking you still hear about the pandemic, though. It's like it just won't die. You know, one like of a, my friends, very close friends, we were she was supposed to come with me to go see the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. And she called me. She's like, I have COVID. Really? Was, I was, she, like, was dang she sick? It. Yeah. Like really sick or? Yeah. She said um, she was she had gotten, you know, like. A little like fever mm. and she said Ugh, my chest is hurting and she goes this reminds me of whenever i got covid a mm -hmm. year ago mm -hmm. but she never she did never she never got vaccinated she didn't did mm -hmm. you ever get covid mm -mm. you never got it me me and avery never got it wow i finally got it like a year like a year and three or four months ago yeah it was like i only got i only got the two shots the, yeah i got and avery never got i got vaccinated. two shots and a booster i think yeah yeah i haven't got the last one i i don't know as the, when the pandemic kind of winded down, I was like, eh, maybe I'm not going to get the next one. But I, I may know. still get it. I don't know. I'm I honestly just, I'm just running around so busy. I just haven't thought about it. I don't know why me and Avery never got it. I don't travel that much, but yeah. her dad travels a lot. That's amazing lot, that you haven't got so. it. Like, Travis, did you get COVID at some point? Mm, I did. Did you? I did, yeah. yeah. I did in Did February. you get sick or not really? Huh? Yeah, no, I got really bad sick. Did you really? Mm -hmm. And then, like, my, my back, like, hurt really bad and my kidneys hurt. Like, really? really wow, wow, you got sick. Did yeah. you go to the doctor? Like, did you go mm -hmm. to the hospital or anything? No, I did not. I did not. I kind of, like, just quarantined at the house. Yeah. When, mm -hmm. I, when I got it, I was sick for, like, 20. And when I say sick, I had, like, fever and cough for 24 hours, and it was done. It was crazy. But oh, I was really? vaccinated, so, like. You were able to, like, Yeah, my body's like, it. oh, I recognize this. And it just, like, kind of took care of it. And I was fine. It, it, I, I had a week off work, and I wasn't even sick. Cause I, yeah, you know, maybe, I, maybe me and Avery did get it one You time. may have, because a lot of people really were getting some, you know, asymptomatic, especially young, healthy people were getting asymptomatic cases. So, but. Interesting stuff. So pandemic still screwing up our lives now four or five years later. <laughs> Thanks, pandemic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, but Sarah is going to tell us how we can get back into good health. Yeah. And I'm really interested in this topic, and I don't want to steal your thunder. So yeah. Sarah, take it away. So um, let me get my notes. Um, so I'm going to talk to you all about running versus incline walking. Right. And I, whenever I was doing my research, I made sure to find things that were saying for fat loss, not right, so we're for about weight loss. You could, it's the same thing, but like <laughs> some people, some, right. some people, um, I guess need, I, I need the clarification. Cause whenever I think weight loss, I think all in general, right. You're trying to muscle, like, like you're just, trying to trim down. Like, yeah. But fit. some people are like, I want to lose fat and gain muscle. So 
fat loss is their main. So this is not for gaining muscle, or is it? It is. Oh, it, it can is. be. Okay. I'll All show right. you, but or right. tell you. But that's what that's what I researched when I was doing this. I tried to find an article that specifically talked about fat loss, not just weight loss, because obviously when you're talking about running yeah. versus walking, you lose more calories running. Right, you burn Bottom more. Bottom line, yeah. yeah. You burn more. So you burn more calories, therefore you will probably lose more weight. Gotcha. But. This is a little come, bit different. Yes, this is a little bit okay, different. Okay, I'm ready to learn. Okay, so I got, I, my, I got my stuff. I have a little picture. Did you put it up? Uh, <laughs> that's my picture. Is it, I like it. Is that somebody you know? No. Oh, okay. That's from the article. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that's my new boyfriend. Hey, what's up? <laughs> In a random alley sketchy um no so this is from fitandwell.com okay okay so running and incline walking both help increase your heart rate sure that's obviously good. yeah that's good Get your heart rate up. Um, vital part of your health helps the helps um burn energy boost your metabolism metabolism and um just basically essential for a long sustainable life Running and walking. Right. Now, when they say incline walking, is there a certain grade that they're talking about? Yeah, I'll tell okay, you. Okay. Now, if you're going to say it, go, you don't have to jump ahead. I just, okay, cool. I was just curious. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Um, so, just like baseline, why would you think walking is better for, like, what is it better for? Well, the one thing I would say about walking versus running is running is hard on your joints. Yeah. And yeah. so, That's you're more prone one. to have injury. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm constantly having to like, as a runner, like Ice. stretch before, stretch after, like, you know, like I don't, I use like heat, but yeah, like, mm -hmm. like my joints are just like, what are you doing here? This is not normal. Yeah. Yeah. So basic walking is better for your joints and for fat loss beginners. Okay. So that's being like somebody who does not exercise regularly. Right. Cause they're not going to be out there and run probably right well if they ran they wouldn't be able to do it for a very long time yeah. which would negate right. what it's really for right they would burn more calories while they were doing it but they wouldn't be able to do it for long enough yeah so they wouldn't be able to do yeah. it consistently um so and then running obviously running is better option for people who are athletes yeah already fit shape, and yeah. sustaining maintaining sustained yeah so Depending on your speed, walking on an incline can often be as effective as running on a flat surface. Right. That would make sense because I can tell you for fact that running up a hill sucks big It do time. be like doing it, even that. Even a small grade can just crush you. It does, yeah. for sure. So for every incline gradient on a treadmill, your body has to expend... Is that like each percent Uh-huh. Okay. So your body has to expend um, on average 4% more energy, boosting oh, wow. the calorie burn significantly. So like a 10% grade would be a 40% increase. I guess, you're the math person. <laughs> I don't know nothing about no math. I don't know nothing about no numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. But yeah, so. But yeah, that'd be right. I mean, a 10% grade, which is not a huge, huge grade, uh, would actually burn Quite a significant amount of calories. Yeah, and after I did all this research, I got so many ads for these TikTok shop things where it's a uh, little treadmill thing for walking, and you can make it, and you can put it at your desk, and you can make it go at an incline. It's like a. It's like it's you don't. It's not like a regular treadmill where you have like you know the uh -huh. arms and stuff, and you can do all the yeah. what's it who's out there. Yeah. It's literally just a flat thing, conveyor belt looking thing, and you okay. can raise it up and down, oh, okay. and you can just walk at just your desk. Walk on it. So like you, standing you power up it, it doesn't have a motor? I don't know. Probably not. You probably power it. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, did you? Buy I got one? so many ads for it. I thought about it. <laughs> I saw it more than nine times, so it's been in my yeah. head for a while. Um, Christmas is coming up, Sarah. <laughs> I buy myself that. Yeah, so cute. Okay, so how would you lose fat from walk, running and walking? So a fast-paced walk or a walk um, on an incline will place your heart into a, rate, a heart rate zone where your body can utilize fats for energy most efficiently. Is there like a certain heart rate goal, did it say? No, it but say that. that would be probably beneficial to know. I would say what, like 100, 120 maybe? I mean, over 100? I don't know. That's yeah, a good, I'll, we can ask Siri question. after this. Um, <laughs> so, so this is because most people can walk longer and consistently than running. So. Mm -hmm. I think of it as um, that makes total sense. I think of it when you when you have a um, when you're walking and you're doing it for a long period of time, mm -hmm. you need endurance fuel. Right. And it allows you to um, use that fat storage, which is your endurance. Yeah, because normally, fuel. and I'm gonna pull out some doctor stuff here. Yeah. Normally, you burn glycogen from your liver for energy, but I guess if you go hard enough, then start to break down that fat for energy. Yeah, and that's 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 the endurance feel. That's the yeah. part where you just like keep going even when you don't want to go anymore. Right. Um, so running at a moderate pace would, is also great for burning calories. However, the body would be using more carbs and fat, but more carbs as fuel source. This is because of a more immediate need for fuel. Your body will oh. use fast energy, like not stored oh, fat, but it'll use okay. carbs when in need of fuel so you can think of when you when you're running you're using your fast fuel right and whenever you're walking for those long periods of times like an incline yeah which is best if you want to lose fat you're you're using your endurance fuel which, which is, is like yeah your backup oh, that makes sense okay because your body's like okay when you run your body's like oh my gosh we need to run it's yeah. like your like, your animal instinct me, your right? animal instinct kicks in they're like you need to use what you just ate yeah <laughs> what we're still processing right right yeah okay. Yeah, so that part made a lot of sense. That does make perfect reading. sense, actually. Yeah. And I'd never actually thought about that because obviously I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, running is way better than walking. But, you know. It, it is to a certain extent. It is, but like the walking, like that whole thing about the endurance and burning fat versus glycogen or glucose, like that mm -hmm. that makes really good sense. Yeah. So now I'm going to, so, so how would you think you could gain muscle while running and walking? So or, I used to run with a weight vest. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I still have it. And boy, let me tell you, running with a weight vest is a I've, workout. I've done it, Even but I don't like to do it. with a weight vest. Yeah. I, I got up to where I was running with an extra 10 pounds, which you'd think, oh, 10 pounds is nothing. It's horrible. Uh, it's a lot. Like, yeah. When you go from like having nothing to putting on a weight vest, oh my gosh. And then you take it off, you probably feel like you're going to fly away. I'm, I'm the flash. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, CrossFit people are yeah. always putting on weight vests. I'm like, no, not today. I have today. a good one somewhere. I really, I, I liked it when I was, this is like many years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, I was running with weight vests. Nice. It's like legit. I may bring, I may bring it back I sh out. I need to probably do it. I could, I should walk with one on, but yeah, so for, so for you to gain muscle while you're walking, um, the best way is to do a low gradient or fast walk would be, um, or sorry, the best way to um, gain that muscle is to um, do at a steep gradient, low speed. Okay. Um, and I, then that almost makes sense. That's almost like weightlifting, where you do like yeah, that heavy puts weight, your body into rep. a yeah. strength training yeah. type vibe. And then obviously, low gradient fast walk is more of cardio based. Got it. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. And then running, if you sprinted, 
and then slow down, like you sprint as fast as you can, mm -hmm. slow down or that. walk, mm -hmm. that is going to be your best form of, without using weights and all that kind of stuff, that's going to be your best form of strength training, muscle build, gaining yeah. muscle. Um, and then vice, obviously, high and uh, just yeah. running normal. I used to do those yeah. workouts where you like run as fast as you can for 30 seconds or a minute, and then you cool, you walk for five minutes and you repeat that, and you do that, I don't know, three or four times down the road, and then you come back. Yeah, that's really it's really yeah. good for strength training. Yeah. So, um, so all in all, it really depends on your preference and what your goals are right. when you when you're thinking about running and walking. So personally, I am not a runner. Yeah. Um, I can maintain. I can't maintain a good pace when I run. So like when I run, I usually only run a mile, and that's running a mile is not going to really do that much for me, except like maybe burn the calories I drink of a Dr Pepper. That's it. Right. I mean, a really, 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 really rough estimate yeah. is that like running a mile is like burning 100 calories. Now, yeah. calorie burn depends on your weight and your speed in addition to the distance. So there's a lot of like factors that go into that. But mm -hmm. just very, very generically, like a mile is roughly 100. Yeah. So like I know that if I ran a mile, that would take more out of me. Like it would make me more tired than just walking for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it would. In, yeah, because you could probably walk two miles in 30 minutes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I know, just because I know, like, how my body is, yeah. like, whenever I run a mile You're for, not like, like CrossFit. No, I hate yeah. doing that stuff. That's what I got so, so at my house, I live in my neighborhood. I have, like, a really um, cool neighborhood where it's, like, all windy and hilly. Oh, so um, I can run and run walk. Yeah, it's really pretty. <laughs> When you, when I, I can run and walk at my, in my neighborhood and there's hills and oh, inclines perfect. I can go on. So that's, that's what I like to do. I don't like to run like straight. Yeah. I can't do it, but that's a good way to build muscle doing gotcha. that, doing the sprint and walking, just keeping that pace of where you can still talk um, mm -hmm. and right, being, right. yeah. But for you, um, I know that you like to run and I stuff, like run, yeah. but if you incorporated some incline walking or sprinting that would make your muscles yeah. your muscles you'd have some good uh i may go back to doing that sprint like sprint for 30 seconds to a minute and then <clears throat> five minute cool down and repeat that and do it you know eight or ten times yeah um, i would be interested to see how it it would improve your time. well yeah i mean I, I well back in the day i was really 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 into track like so you did compete. that stuff all the time yeah oh yeah mm -hmm. i did all we would do these crazy things like with strength shoes and parachutes and like running against, you know, some resistance. I mean, yeah, we did like literally everything. Yeah. Back when I was really serious about this stuff. Yeah. I think that, I think that the sprint and the walk. Yeah, I may do that because you can do that in your really, neighborhood. That's yeah, easy to do. That's the great thing about running yeah. and walking. Yeah. You can do it almost anywhere. It's free. Yeah. And I have the best <laughs> road. Like my, my road is exactly two miles long. Yeah. So if I run to the end of it and come back, it's four miles. And it's pretty straight. And the only thing is we got more traffic out there than we used to. But Yeah. So you get to dodge cars. How many how many calories is dodging cars? I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be a little bit extra. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is going to raise your heart rate <laughs> out of fear right. <laughs> of death. But yeah. So um, either way you slice it, um, so, fat loss you can get it from a calorie deficit through nutrition and exercise, yeah. bottom line. Yeah. So. I, I think that honestly, the, the most important thing I learned from this was just the fact that when you're doing that running incline or walking incline, that your body 
predilects to burn fat over yeah. over glucose or glycogen, which yeah. is more from running. I mean, that makes sense, and you can lose fat from running, but it's almost like the the walking incline is just really made. Yeah, for it. there's like a definitely a and part. anyone can do that. Yeah, anyone can do it. Like it's hard to go out and run four miles for mm-hmm. most people, but anyone yeah. can do incline walking. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to give the nod to incline walking between those two. Yeah. Even though I love to run. Yeah. Just because more, I think more people could do it. The reason why I like the walking thing is because, and the incline is because it is shown, it has been shown to gain muscle because of the yeah. strength training right. part of it. So in my mind, I'm thinking, so if I'm gaining muscle, I'm probably losing fat. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, that's what makes my, yeah. that's why strength training is so beneficial. Yeah. So yeah. Which I need to get back into that. But yeah. So many hours in a day. With those weights. <laughs> yeah. It was so forceful. Lift those weights. Get them. America. Okay. <laughs> but All that's right. it. The end. That was good. Like, I actually really enjoyed that. I, you know, I, I, at first I was like, oh, running versus walking, running. But it's like so much more deeper than that. And yeah. there's so many different kind of factors that weigh into what would be best for different people. Mm-hmm. So that was really good, Sarah. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to give you a clap. Thanks. Good job, Sarah. All <laughs> right. I think that is all the time we have today. Yeah. But come back next week. We'll be right here talking about some different topics. Please leave us a comment and let us know what you want us to talk about it. And we'll talk about it here on Nip Talk. See ya. Bye.